whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Saved by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. It's still real to me, damn it! Everybody, welcome to this week's edition to the Still Real to Us show. This is your 600th edition of SRTU. That is 600 straight weeks of the Still Real to Us show. I am one half of the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my host, the man that has been by my side for nearly 600 episodes, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, happy 600 episodes, my friend. Yeah, and I had to take it back to the old school, Jeff. I am recording this show in my car. Wow. Is there air conditioning? <laughs> there is some, yes, but I turn it down so the the, uh, the sound does not affect our sound. But for those of you who have been listening for the majority of these 600 episodes, there have been many, many, many an episode where I filmed it from my car in a random location in the middle of nowhere just to make sure we got some entertainment value out to you, the listeners. See, I swear to God, if you were about to say, like, uh, I am doing this show from Tacoma, Washington in some <laughs> hotel parking lot, I'd be like, this is this is poetic right now. Uh, it, it's like, so that that the whole thing, like you and I were talking a little bit off the air, like I'm actually in the process of changing jobs within the same company, but at some point the idea was to get to a regional manager spot where i can actually travel a little bit so maybe come episode 700 uh we might get me in a random hotel in paducah kentucky uh recording the show yeah it, it it's it's poetic that way for those of you who are longtime listeners like dr trey would would be traveling the united states and we used to do at the beginning of the show like where in the world is dr trey franklin this week and you would say it would be like Tacoma, Washington, uh, Boise, Idaho, Austin, Texas. Like, that's what it was. And you'd be on in Phoenix, Arizona one week of the show. And then the following week, you'd be in Atlantic City, New Jersey, on the completely opposite side of the coast. And uh, that was one of those very early bits in, in the Still Realtor show. That had been, what now, like three or four years ago was probably the last time you came off the road? Yeah, I was, I've been off the road now for about... Two. Let's well, actually. I've been about two. Let's see. Sammy was born in uh, 2019, so 20. Yeah, right about three years. Cause right before Sammy was born, when I came off the road. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny looking back at all that stuff, you know. And I always think about when we hit these milestone shows, like the times that we would do the podcast. Like we would do the podcast, you know, in a normal time, six o'clock, seven o'clock at night, in the evening. Uh, sometimes we would do it in the middle of the day, like at noon time. Uh, when we would be at lunch, but there was a period of time you and I were doing the podcast at 4 a.m. Remember when I was doing like the graveyard shift? I was working at ESPN Radio in Bristol, and I would come off of work, and I think you were just starting work, and it would be like 4:35 a.m. Uh, it was insane that we were doing that. Yeah, actually, I think I was doing the same thing. I was working graveyard at a Walmart distribution center. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, that was 
that was the one time I was like, let me see if I can find a job where I don't have to travel. I, I, I think I did that job for like about a month and a half. I'm like, yep, yeah, this is not the job for me. Yeah, and I didn't do I didn't do I wasn't in ESPN Radio that long because I ended up leaving uh, the radio industry shortly thereafter. But there was a period of time where maybe you were taking breaks then. Now that it's coming clear to me that, and I would be coming off work, and we would record the show at like four thirty five a.m. You, we would either you know finish up work that day. I would go home. And I would I would I was at home doing the podcast, and then I would fall asleep, and then I would go and do work. But we were doing that for for the pod and to keep this streak alive where we've hit the milestone of 600 straight weeks of doing this podcast since day one of doing this show back in 2010, February, 2010, we have not missed a week of doing the show. And, uh, here we are 600 strong, Dr. Trey. Yeah, we are, uh, the, 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 I was, I remember the old raw thing. The, uh, Michael Cole always say this. I think we are, I would say that we are probably the longest running weekly episodic podcast in this country going right now. I, I don't know who else has been doing a weekly show with no repeats, nothing, you know, in nothing best of for 600 weeks. I don't know if anybody else can hold a candle to that right now. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Uh, and the fact that it's been going for 11 straight years plus 11 and a half straight years nearly. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody can do that. I, it's at one period of time, I did reach out to the Guinness World Records to see if they even kept track of that. Because you got to figure, like, there's got to be someone out there like us that's been doing a yeah. podcast for 600 straight weeks, 11 and a half years, and it's tracked somewhere, somehow, and they can, like, verify that. Like, they can totally verify that, that we have done a podcast for 11 and a half years. For 600 straight episodes, have not missed a, a, an episode of the podcast ever, a week of the podcast, um, is is insane. And it's been new content each and every week. We've never done like, and here's a best of edition of the Still Realta show. We're off this week. It's new, fresh content each and every week. And I think it's, you know, you know, I always think about when we hit these milestone shows. It's like, okay, where, where are we heading, right? Um, there's... Dr. Trey and I are another year older. It's it feels like it's always probably it feels like every year that we've been doing this, Dr. Trey, this is probably one of the harder years that we've had to do in recent times of like doing the podcast just for timing wise. Right. Lives are changing. Dr. Trey's got a little one. He's married. He's got a job. Uh, I've got a job. I don't have a little one yet. And we're just kind of like. You know, still enjoying professional wrestling. But when we first do it, did it, it was raw and smackdown. Now there's raw. SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, MLW, NWA, Independent Wrestling. Like it's it's so much more than we've ever been accustomed to in the podcast. And uh not gonna lie, at times it certainly is very difficult to stay up on the world of professional wrestling, watch professional wrestling in this current climate, and I can understand why some fans get burnt out from watching wrestling uh as of late. And it's it's definitely been a grind for for these six hundred episodes to get to where we are right now. I don't know about you. I, I think I when I first moved to Alabama, so this is about twenty fourteen ish, somewhere right in there. You and I had a discussion about how much longer do you think we're going to go, and I, I think I've always just kind of had it in my head that I got two more years. But I've been saying I got two more years for the last seven years, so I don't know. I don't know if we're in like Nick Saban realm where we're just going to keep extending the contract until one of us actually ends up dying on air or something. But <laughs> like it's, it's in my head, I'm like, I, I, can, I can probably see myself doing two more years. And yeah, then it's yeah. like those two years go by. And then you're just like, no, 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 I got, I got two more. No, no, I got two more. And then here we are 11 and a half years later still doing the show. Yeah. It's like when you reach these milestones and, and this is going to be a little bit of a segue too in, into this year. I, you know, I think, Probably the same thing as you are as well. It's like, you know, we can keep doing this. We definitely enjoy professional wrestling. Um, there's even been some listeners as of late that are like, you guys should do seasons where you come on for a certain period of time. And then, you know, you go off for a little bit of time or maybe you come in here and there and all that stuff. And um, definitely consider that. But to segue into this special edition of the show's topic, the pandemic era of professional wrestling, I... I truly believe that the podcast got a whole other you know lease another year or two of life uh, on the consistent basis that it is because of the pandemic because when march 2020 hit we had like nothing else to, to do, really do dr trey right i mean 
it, the only thing, like legitimately, if for everybody to step back in the time there, March 2020, you know, outside of work, really didn't have much of a social life. People were binge watching Netflix and Disney Plus and WWE Network when that was still around before it was Peacock or whatever you were doing. And for me, like the only thing that was normal was turn on the television on Fridays and Wednesdays and Mondays uh, nights during the pandemic, especially in those early, the early parts. And then coming on here on Thursday and talking about it, like that was legitimately probably the number one thing that got me through it. Those first couple months, those first couple months were really difficult, man. And uh, this podcast and the world professional wrestling helped get me through it during the beginning part of the pandemic era. Yeah, I mean, because you, you go back to that March, and you know, for you, for you and me, we love pro wrestling, but we love other sports as well. You and I are big baseball fans. We're big NFL fans. We dabble in the world of NBA a little bit, I, I think, from time to time, but it's not really our our wheelhouse to steal a, a phrase from one of your old shows. Um, but when that happened, and they shut basketball down and then they were the talks of shutting baseball down and then we had no sports and then all the movie productions shut down so there were no movies coming out and the tv shows i mean we literally lived in an era where the, the tiger king show was the biggest thing on tv because there was nothing else to watch outside of the netflixes and and professional wrestling and so wrestling and along with the show was my anchor of sanity uh you know, during those early stages, because I had nothing else to go to. I had no other escape to take my mind off of what was going on in the world. Um, and, and, you know, like with me, I got I got two disabled parents. I have, you know, elderly people who watch my son when we're at work. So I was constantly in fear for their safety and their well-being, um, along with, you know, everybody like like everything was like walking through the woods and not knowing where the bear trap was going to jump out and take a chunk out of your leg. And, and it's like, you just never knew where it was going to hit. Um, and it was always in cycles. Like you were always two weeks ahead of me on the pandemic curve because it would happen to the Northeast and then make its way to the South. So, you know, I was constantly worried about you. And then my other friends, I have a lot of friends up in the Northeast. So I'm constantly worried about them, but like this, you know, pro wrestling and it's, um, evolvement from the first night of the pandemic to what it became, and then along with the show, was my grounding sanctuary in a lot of ways. Like I'm like, okay, I know if I can get to Thursday, we record the podcast, we've made it through another week. Yeah, you know, like if, if I can make it to Monday and watch Raw, if I can make it to Wednesday and watch, you know, AEW, if I can make it to Friday and watch SmackDown, I know everything's still progressing in the right way. It's like. Those were the last things that had not been taken away. And if those things had been taken away, it would have been abandon all hope you enter here. Yeah, that, that's spot on. Uh, I'm with you. And I think the line that you said, like, if I could get to Friday and watch SmackDown, if I could get to Monday and watch Raw, if I could get to Wednesdays and watch NXT and AEW, which was like such a treat then, the two wrestling shows, I think get to Thursday to do the podcast, it was it was literally getting you through what you were getting through at that point. I mean, um, for me personally, since March 2020, my job has been from my house. Um, I'm not commuting. I still haven't commuted. There's been obviously discussions of going back to that normal life at some point uh, relatively soon. But due to the recent variants that are out there and concern again that that make a, might get pushed back, that might be delayed and pushing back the the normal life. Um, obviously, here we sit uh, August 12th, 2021. It's uh, life right now is a, is a little bit similar to what it was pre-pandemic at this point. There's still, you know, a lot of the concerns and the virus is still out there and you hear it in the news every day and sicknesses and hospitalizations and deaths still. And it's definitely really sad. And fans are back in the sands from a wrestling perspective. So it's kind of shedded away a little bit. But you're still missing that element of what life was beforehand. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I've only been able to go on one vacation during this time, Doctor Trey, when, and that was a little bit nerve wracking and anxiety ridden. Uh, I obviously work uh, as a volunteer in the in the healthcare care field as a first responder, and those first couple months were very stressful. Um, the last year and a half plus was certainly very stressful from that realm. 
something you never thought you would have to deal with in in your life ever, uh, both personally, professionally, and then what you do in your hobby. And uh, a lot of the days were the same. It was getting up, going to work, watching some sort of binge watch, maybe playing some video games, watching some wrestling, doing the podcast. Like if you go back those March, April, May shows for SRTU, we were doing like three shows a week. We were doing a bonus show. We were doing like the watch alongs. We were bringing people on the podcast. Adam Reich from the NFL Network. We had uh, Roman Reigns' cousin, uh, Vale Anawani, at some point. We had um, the guy who says the tagline at the beginning of the show, the Still Realtor show. He came on the podcast. Like, we were doing it, and we were coming up with topics just to do 30 minutes, and not only just to take our minds off things, but take your minds off things as well. It was tough, man. But this podcast and the world of professional wrestling, you, you kind of appreciate it a little bit more, it, especially right now where the lives are, are busy again. You were able to take a chance to just like sit down and kind of like assess everything. I, I, I remember sitting down that first WWE show on SmackDown where like Triple H welcomed everybody to the Performance Center. And uh, it was legitimately like one of the first times in a long time that I had sat down on a Friday night and watched SmackDown live. Like even now I don't really watch it live. I watch it on DVR late Friday night or watching piecemeal on Saturday and Sundays. Like that was one of those things where the pandemic made you kind of reflect a little bit on what was going on in your life and, and around the world and, and what you missed and what you can appreciate. And certainly we missed a lot of things about professional wrestling. Uh, but in the same sense, it, it showed a lot of appreciation for wrestling and, and doing this little four wall podcast that we do each and every week. So it was, it was definitely a rough time there, Dr. Trey, for sure. Yeah. And, and it's just weird. Like I, like I would sit there, like I'm, I don't really like pull back the curtain. Jeff runs the SRTU Twitter page. I actually don't even have access to it. Now that oh, do you not? Yeah, I know you have access to Facebook. I didn't know it was Twitter either. Yeah. Huh. I don't, I, yeah. But I, I mean, that's but the, like, I was, appreciative of watching the fans interaction with the Twitter account, you know, and, and seeing Jeff post stuff and seeing everybody else. And that was another reason why, you know, I wasn't going to let the mood of everything else affect this show because I knew not only that Jeff and I depend on this as that anchor point, but I knew there were other people out there as well that were like, you know, the same boat we were like wrestling's you know getting them through this and they make it a point to download the show each and every single week and listen to it and i never wanted to get to a point i think we maybe have had maybe did one episode that if i say maybe is the woe is the world episode like everything sucks right now outside of that like we just kind of kept plugging away and we bring it back to what we were focusing on and bring it back to the wrestling and bring it back to you know what this show was grounded upon, which is two guys who love wrestling and are going to talk about it each and every week for 600 weeks. That's why I kept kind of pulling it back to him. Like I did not want to get, you know, for all the other crap going on in the world, I never wanted to let the outside world affect what this show was doing. And I think you and I did a very good job, even in those early days when it just seemed like the world was falling, falling down around us. And we had our little hut in the storm known as the SRTU podcast. Yeah, it, it's it's really, yeah, that's spot on. Uh, it, it truly was. It was like that hut in the storm for sure. Um, and I thought when we were thinking about topics, right, we always think about topics. There's nothing more poetic and defining of, like, I always look at SRTU as like chapters, right, from like zero to 100, 100 to 200, those episodes, like 100 episodes strong. And there's nothing more from like episode 500 to now more definite defining than the pandemic era of the, of, of professional wrestling. It happened around like the five twenty ish mark, five thirty ish mark. So it was, you know, nearly 70, 80 weeks that we've been covering it during the pandemic era. And I think when you look at the history of this podcast, uh, when it's all said and done, Dr. Trey, when we look back at everything that we've ever covered here, I, I mean, it, this is probably the biggest time we've ever covered in professional wrestling because it was bigger than professional wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's rare when the outside world really envelops professional wrestling. You know, even, I mean, we weren't around when, like, Desert Storm was happening or even the uh, 
you know, the 2001 invasion of Iraq and all that stuff. We, we, we really haven't had wartime stuff going on. We've had presidential election. I mean, at 11 years, we've ran through, I think, three elections now in the time of this show. Um, it, it never dug into the show. And, and this was really the first time that the outside world really stunted wrestling and life and everything else. And there was no way around not talking about it. I mean, it was everywhere. There was no way around it. Like it was, it affected your day to day life, your, you know, your family life, your work life. It affected, you know, your entertainment, your sports and your wrestling. So there was no way to disavow yourself from it because it was everywhere. And it was, you know, I, I really, I think we're at what, so we're, we're in August, so uh, we're, we're, we're three, 17 months, roughly. So, I mean, if you do the math on 17 months at four weeks a month, that's 98. So we, it was probably around episode 505 to 510. We've probably done almost 90 weeks of the pandemic era. The only thing I could think of in the history of this show that we might have covered more is maybe Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah, probably, probably. John Cena heel turn. Is CM Punk coming back? That type of stuff. And of course, that always rears its ugly head at some point here. Both we've had a Sammy and Kevin WrestleMania match, and CM Punk is rumored to be coming to AEW. So, um, yeah, it's it's been there. It's it's. Uh, I think you you said it best. Where like this show was not only it's not only escape for the listeners, but an escape for us. So like the real world, jobs, you know, our personal lives, whatever's going on. You could sit here for an hour. You could talk professional wrestling with your friends. And uh, you turn it off and you return to the real world. But the real world was like in our face. And uh, I've said it before. You go back. I remember like late February that year, Super Showdown, really upset about the whole Fiend-Goldberg match. And then weeks later, the pandemic happened. And like those March episodes were, for a period of time, maybe two, three weeks, were really rough. And, and it was depressing. Like it like legitimately was depressing. I remember sitting here like the day after the United States kind of shut down that March 12th episode. Like saying like out loud, I was like, I don't think I I can't see WrestleMania happening happening, and it, it's like, what are they going to do? They're going to have to postpone it. I mean, there was a period of time we debated on the podcast that we thought that professional wrestling as a whole was going to have to pause because we saw what happened with college basketball going back to sports. College basketball, the tournament shut down. NBA had paused. Major League Baseball delayed their beginning of their regular season. It's like if they're doing this. How can the wrestlers go out there and perform? Like, how are we going to do that? How can they pack a stadium in Tampa Bay? How can they, you know, travel to Tampa, Florida right now or um, Orlando, Florida for the Performance Center and, and do a, a show each week? It, it, it was a rough time. It really was. And if you go through those those couple of Raws leading into WrestleMania, like the focus should be WrestleMania. And they spent like an hour and a half of the show replaying the entire men's Royal Rumble match, like stuff that we've never seen ever and i have never i haven't gone back to those episodes yet dr trey i don't know if you've made a point ever to go back to some of those early performance center shows but i almost feel like i don't want to because i don't want to go back to that place believe it or not like i don't want to watch alexa bliss and nikki cross wrestle bailey and sasha banks in that first episode of smackdown in an empty arena i don't want to watch the undertaker flip a table for a contract signing with aj styles where he gets like beat up by the good brothers like i don't want to i don't want to do that because it just doesn't bring back good memories. And I don't think I'd have ever thought I would ever think of that in anything that was professional wrestling. Yeah. I mean, I I've thought about going back and listening it because you go back and live with that, that time. We were just thankful they were putting anything on TV and it was almost like giving them a participation trophy. It's like, guys, we, we're just glad you're out here. We really don't care what you're putting on TV. We just want something. And I think, AEW and WWE, and we talked about many convicts, I mean, they kind of knew that. We have to put something out here for our people, for our fans. It, it may be the most god awful crap that we've ever put out there, but we got to do something. And, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, I'll be eternally a wrestling fan of both those companies just for that reason. Like, I mean, we, we here we are August twelfth, and you you and I have sat here and gone, man. You know, WWE products suffering, AEW products you know up and down a lot. You know, and we can critique and, and do all that we don't want to do. But like, 
they're always going to have my loyalty just because of the fact that they were willing to do something that nobody else was willing to do. I mean, you know, we talked about it when the, when March Madness shut down. It hadn't been, I mean, it had gone through Vietnam. Vietnam and all the other wars never shut down March Madness. You know, I think I don't. I think the last time it had shut down was either during World War One or World War Two. Nothing else has shut it down, and the pandemic did. You know, baseball season being delayed the way it was. Nothing else had ever done that other than I think the last time was World War Two, and yet wrestling was like, no, nope, we're going to go out here some way somehow and figure out how to put on a television show for our fans, and not, you know, the vast majority of TV. Like the 1.5 to 2.5 million people that we get to, that's who we're doing this for. And so for that reason alone, I'll, I'll always be eternally grateful to those two brands for what they did for us. You said a lot there. Uh, first question, did Vince McMahon and Tony Khan, Anthem Wrestling, did they do the right thing? Uh, I mean... Yeah, I, I can't. Looking back now, I don't think I can sit there and say they did the wrong thing because, yeah, there were COVID cases, but nobody, I mean, you and I can sit here now, here we are 17 months later, and nobody's had lingering side effects that have been reported from performing on those shows. Um, and just for the mental break from everything else that was going on, I, I think they did the right thing. And I, I think when people kind of come out of this like we're still suffering from it i mean we talk about wwe's budgets cuts and everything else. i mean it's, it's all pandemic related i think when we finally get back fully on the other side i think more wrestling fans will realize like what these companies actually did for us i, I to me i i can't thank them enough for what they did i mean they literally risked their health and well-being for their audience and nobody else at that time was willing to do it um so I, I, I give them all the credit in the world for it. So I, I think they did the right thing. And I'm, I recently brought that up. I, I agree with you, right? I think uh, there was a line that like Vince McMahon, I read somewhere. I may be wrong because it's been 17 months. But Vince McMahon like, looked at it as like a wartime thing. Like like the country needed us uh, in, in, in his world, in his eyes. Like the country needed us to have some form of entertainment. And there were periods of time that they were the only thing on, on television, like legitimately sports entertainment wise, sports wise, that was it. And they felt like there was an obligation and duty that they needed to, you know, carry a lot of people through it. And they did ourselves included here. I think I could speak on your behalf, Dr. Trey, that they helped us, helped us out immensely during that period of time. And I, and I do think they did the right thing, but selfishly, it's that part that you mentioned, right? We know that there was a lot of COVID cases in professional wrestling. Um, I believe Matt and Nick Jackson came out and said that they got COVID-19. Jeff Hardy recently got COVID-19. AJ Styles came out and said he had COVID-19. There were outbreaks early on there in the pandemic. They, and they made their way. Raw, SmackDown, remember the Raw Underground uh, outbreak that took out NXT for a little bit. Outbreaks, obviously, in NXT. Outbreaks in AEW. It was uh, it was there and it was scary and you had a lot of people who were of of high risk the Jim Ross of the world the Jerry Lawlers that we had to be concerned about and and they weren't performing for a period of time it, it was it was nuts um, you know legitimately these people put their lives on the line I think when we look back at this when the dust is settled and this pandemic is hopefully behind us and I feel like a lot with the show I'm talking about it in past tense and it's not it's still in the present. The pandemic is still around us. I think when we look back at this period of time, these people, these wrestlers, these production folks, anybody that works in the organization of in professional wrestling, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, WWE as a whole, AW, Impact Wrestling, ROH, um, they put their lives on the line for us just to do a weekly episodic wrestling program, take our minds off things. Give us something to enjoy. Give us something to be entertained about. And they deserve a ton of respect and love and props for that, Dr. Trey. Yeah, because it wasn't like it was a known entity. You know, and that's where I think we're like when people look back now, they're like, oh, well, you know, we know in those early days in March, April, May, like you would hear one report that's like, oh, if you get it, you're going to die. Then another, oh, it's just the flu. Like there was so much conflicting information that when you look at what these people actually did, the fact that they went out there and, and 
and risk their health worse, not knowing what the long-term effects are going to be. We still don't know the long-term effects of people who have COVID and what's going to happen to them five, six, seven, fifteen 15 years from now. Like risking their health for the entertainment of their fans is, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's, you know, medal of honor worthy, but I mean, I think they should really be commended more for it than I guess the praise that they've gotten over the last 17 months. I mean, hell, Caleb Braxton got it twice. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, damn, like, 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 and then when she announced that she got safe, we, we all went, you, you can get it twice. Like, it's not the chicken pox. Like, what the hell? Like, it's crazy. So, you know, and, and I know there's some people out there, like, there, there were some wives and girlfriends and husbands who were, you know, condemning these companies for doing it. But at the same time, we had a lot of people, like, you look at Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn didn't wrestle during the during most of it, during most of the pandemic time, because that was what he felt personally responsible to himself and his family. And Roman Reigns. Like Roman Reigns, KO. Like, a lot of guys didn't do a lot of stuff during the pandemic because they were taking that responsibility. And I don't, WWE didn't punish them for it. You know, AEW didn't punish their guys for it. It was just kind of like, hey, we're going to go do the show. If you want to be a part of it, we'd love to have you there. If you don't, we totally understand. And, and, you know, for all the grief that Vince gets over the years for being cold-hearted and brutal, I think it was kind of a compassionate way of doing it, saying, you know, Vince saying, we need this for our people. Tony Khan saying this, we need this for our fans. Whoever wants to hop on board and, and run with this, we're going to do it. And if you don't, you know, we, we totally understand your choice. And, you know, we'll make arrangements for you to come back when things are a little more smoothed out. So I, I think it was you know, fantastic way for both these companies to handle it during these times. Dr. Trey, how did wrestling change during the pandemic era? What stood out to you? Uh, I think one of the things in, in the, the different camera angle approaches was a big thing. Uh, learning to adapt and evolve uh, is also big, but I think it also kind of got back to a little bit more of, you know, you and I, we should say here, not AEW for being, you know, flips for no reasons, spots for no reasons, and they did kind of get back to the storytelling aspect. You didn't have a crowd to pop and chant this is awesome because of you just did a crazy move. You had to kind of tell that story um, to engage your audience. So I think they did, a, it kind of improved those areas. Uh, promo work improved because you had to sell the story to not just your audience that wasn't there, but your TV audience. So I think in the end game, it kind of made AEW grow up faster to get back to being or to get to being a TV show that does wrestling instead of a wrestling show that has TV like they do, like they were maybe for the first few months of their existence leading into the pandemic. Um, and I think it was also a shot across the bow at WWE like, hey, these other companies are being innovative. We're not. We need to step up to be as innovative, if not more, which is where you got the Thunderdome from. So um, necessity leads to invention. I think that, that was a, a great example of what went on during the pandemic times. When you look back at that, at the pandemic era of wrestling, who, who were some of the MVPs for you? Um, in WWE, I, yeah, I was saying WWE was, it was Drew, uh, in a lot of the women's division, Bailey, Sasha, Oscar were fantastic. Um, Drew McIntyre carried that company pretty much the entire time. Didn't matter who you're putting him in there with. So I got to give him a ton of credit. AEW, I think, is maybe a little more spread out and even with who you get it for because, I mean, they were kind of – they were still mostly all hands on deck. Um but really, like Oscar, Bailey, and Sasha and Drew were the ones that really, for me, kind of carried it uh, for the most part. I mean, they were the reason why I was tuning in. I mean, although Paul Heyman was was trying to create new stars, it felt like those those three women and Drew McIntyre kind of carried the brand for the most part. Um, I, I guess you can go. Alistair Black was a big part of it too. Andrade, like the Heyman guys, I guess, were a big part of that. Um, AEW, I mean, to me, it was still inner circle and elite carrying most of it, and then the Dark Order stuff. So, like those, those were the guys that were the MVPs for me. I had Drew McIntyre, Bailey, Sasha Banks as well. Um, Add in Bobby Lashley to that list. I thought Roman Reigns from once he returned, uh, Jey Uso yeah. as well. I thought Finn Balor over on the NXT brand really helped carry things. 
And then I, I liked what you said there about uh, AEW, like it was really spread out, like probably for a period of time, it felt like John Moxley. Uh, another period of time, it felt like Kenny Omega. Another period of time, it felt like Darby Allen. Another period of time, it felt like Chris Jericho, MJF, Inner Circle, um, and um, the Pinnacle stuff. So it was really spread out. But I think all in all, if I had to give uh, an MVP to a male wrestler, Drew McIntyre, if I had to give it to a female wrestler, I'd give it to Bailey. I think those two wrestlers, to me, stood out the most. And I think it's a damn shame. Here we are with the crowd back in the stands for, their, for, for right now. And Drew McIntyre is not in a world championship program. And Bailey is injured. I was going to say something earlier when you mentioned um, Super Showdown with Goldberg and the Fiend. I was like laughing to myself, like, yeah. And if you had told me eighteen months later Goldberg would be fighting for the title and Fiend would be released, that would just blow my mind. I know. So, but the fallout from Super Showdown still continues eighteen Ugh. months later. So, but yeah. Not right. only that, but you had you had actual. Uh, I'm, we're getting into some of the matches here, but. You know, the SummerSlam main event from this past year, Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt, excuse me, a year ago, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, they're not with the company anymore. I mean, that's insane to me. The main event of SummerSlam. Yeah, and a lot of that is because of the pandemic and and the money issues and everything else. But, um, you know, you mentioned Bailey, and I love what Bailey and Sasha did, but really those early days on the women's side, that was Asuka. Oh yeah, like yeah. from April all the way up to leading into SummerSlam last year, that was all Oscar, like with her gibberish and ranting and raving because we just lost Becky Lynch due to pregnancy. Charlotte wasn't around, like that. Oscar carried the front half, and then Bailey and Sasha picked up the torch and ran with it going forward after that. And and not only that, but you forget like that Kyrie Sane was part of that for a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. But Kyrie was it? It was right before. Right before Oscar won Money in the Bank or right after? Right after, because I think she had the championship at that point, and the whole thing like leading to one of the matches against Bailey or Sasha Banks was that they took out Kyrie yeah. Sane and, and yeah, kind of so ended her like, career yeah. in WWE. So, I mean, then you think about it, I was like, how did she get back to Japan? <laughs> I never <laughs> thought about that. I was like, wait, the whole point was she was going back to Japan. How did she get out of the country? Because they had shut the travel down. So I hope Kyrie got home. <laughs> she's still not sitting somewhere in a hotel. I believe she did. I believe she's over there because there was some uh, something she wanted to do with stardom. Um, speaking of Asuka, memorable matches from the pandemic era. Uh, for me, I, believe it or not, the men's and women's Money in the Bank match at WWE headquarters in Sanford, Connecticut stood out to me as a memorable match. It doesn't mean that I like loved it and thought it was a five-star match. It's very memorable Boneyard match from, with AJ Styles and The Undertaker, obviously, to me, is like the definition of the matches during the pandemic era. And then um, from an AEW perspective, Brody Lee defeating Cody Rhodes to win the AEW TNT Championship, like, absolutely demolished him on Dynamite. Those are some matches that stood out to me during that pandemic era of wrestling that were memorable matches, Dr. Trey. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. If you go back and look at that, that men's Money in the Bank match, like, I think half that half the people in that match are no longer around as well. Um but I still got throwing KO and Seth Rollins. I mean, it, we can't. I mean, it, it can't be a, a special show with me and Jeff and me not throw out some love and Kevin Owens. But you know, KO and Seth were doing a a match with no audience, which means less adrenaline than usual. And pulling off that match at WrestleMania that they did, you know, was fantastic. I mean, the, the theatrical matches were always our favorites, uh, but for straight one on one in ring, like that was great. Uh, the McIntyre Lashley match at was it Backlash or we always have trouble with that. It was in, it was in the summertime, so I can't yeah. remember what the schedule was. But that was a great match. Um, and then anything with uh, like like almost all of AEW's tag matches were really really good during that time as well. It's like man, these guys are going here just like murdering themselves for like eight people. <laughs> It was like a really bad independent show where you see guys like diving up in the balconies for 25 paid customers. But it was just so much fun at times as well. So, um, you know, and then don't forget, you got the MJF Chris Jericho sing-along that was during the pandemic era. So that I, was I awesome. I got to give that a lot of love, too. And it was a very memorable moment. Actually, McIntyre Lashley was backlash. Uh, ah. That was June 2020. And often forgotten about, and it was a very good match. The whole entire card. Do you remember what was hyped about backlash? 
Uh, no. <laughs> really the do. greatest wrestling match ever. Ah, uh, yes, Edge and Randy Orton. Like, I mean, that and the match that, like, really that took Edge out for nine months. So Edge, we been missing most of the pandemic because of that match. Yeah, and it's uh, that was a great match too. Often forgotten about though. Yeah, fantastic match, and then you know, like. That's the one thing you can. The one thing goes back to what we were talking about earlier, but like how much credit these guys should be getting. Like, you go out there and do that match with no audience and no immediate response, and you go forty-five. Like you go, I think that was like thirty-seven minutes, and then the WrestleMania match was like forty-five with no crowd feedback. Like that is really hard to do because you have no. I mean, that's how most guys plan their matches out. They start. They have a start to the match. They might pick two spots in the middle, and then you have your finish. And then a lot of it is feeding off the crowd. When you have no crowd, it's really hard to call that match in the ring because you don't know what the audience is feeling. So, um, you know, those old school guys like Edge and Randy Orton, they like to call it in the ring. I mean, I give those guys a ton of credit for doing basically almost an hour and a half worth of wrestling just on their on their feelings and on like how they think it will translate. And they got two great matches out of it. You know, you mentioned moments. You talked about MJF and um, Chris Jericho doing the dinner debonair segment that is awesome to watch. What other moments stood out to you from that pandemic era of wrestling? Oh, uh, Otis winning the Money in the Bank just because it, it was so out of left field. Like, I was just like, really? We're doing it? I mean, he's that over? Like, that really stood out to me. Um, MJF joining the inner circle and watching how that all played out I thought was was really well done um, on the WWE side the growth of Roman Reigns like seeing him take on this new character and really run with it and make it his own it just it's where you're like damn he's like we knew he was a good wrestler I, I, don't, I don't think you and I have ever sat here and said Roman Reigns is not a good wrestler but watching him become an elite performer um, I thought was fantastic and then just the elevation of Jay Uso as well in that sidekick role, where it's like, damn, I didn't, you know, you don't realize how good he was. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some other ones, but uh, the Chris Jericho Orange Cassidy stuff mm, was, that was really was, good, yeah, it was really fun and good. Seeing Sting show up in AEW with the falling snow, the winter is coming, the winter is coming, and then the growth of Darby Allen with Sting as well. Um, so, I mean, those to me are the ones that kind of stand up just off the top of my head. Yeah, some of my memorable moments from the pandemic era, I think WWE just doing shows from the Performance Center in general. Um, I, I don't want to go back to those shows because it doesn't bring up like a good time. I will at some point. But watching a crowd less WrestleMania 36 to me is still mind-blowing. Yeah. Nobody was in attendance for WrestleMania. And then the crowd returning for WrestleMania 37 was extremely emotional um, this past year watching Vince McMahon and the WWE superstars welcome the fans back was incredible. WWE doing shows from the Thunderdome, uh, doing shows from the Thunderdome, AW shows during the nightmare factory in Georgia from like April and May. That was really memorable. Uh, what about wrestle house on impact wrestling? I love yeah. that. Fantastic. Yes, absolutely. By yeah. the way, as I mentioned, did I tell you, and I don't know if I, and this is my, this, I don't know if I told you off the air or on the air, we offered our building to AEW. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, when the, because when they did the nightmare shows, we had talked to uh, QT Marshall about, um, at some point down the road, doing a crossover show with the Nightmare Kids and our show, or even just like renting out our building. So we had thrown it out there to so him like, hey, if you guys need because Georgia was shutting down before Alabama. So we were like, if you guys need a small venue to tape, we have a venue. And luckily for, for AEW, they didn't have to come to Alabama to record any Dynamite episodes. But we had put it out there to AEW like, hey, if you guys need a building, we control our own building. So if you guys need a space, we, we put it out there to them. So uh, I didn't know if I ever told you that or not. No, I remember you mentioned it on the show as like an option. I didn't know that you actually went through with that stuff. Yeah, uh, Barry Cole actually had reached out to QT and put a you know put a bug into to everybody's ear like, hey, if you guys if you guys hit if all the doors get closed, <clears throat> you know you can get at least a couple episodes filmed in Alabama before they fully shut. So we put it out there to them, and I think it came down to the wire where it was like, 
it never got greenlit to come to Alabama, but it was a fallback option for them. And then Florida got uh, wrestling got deemed as essential. <laughs> they were able to get back into Jacksonville. That's a whole other story. Essential workers, professional wrestlers. Gotta love it. Um, other memorable moments. Brody Lee tribute show in December. Highly emotional. Um, Kenny Omega showing up on Impact Wrestling. I mean, those were all moments that have taken place here during the pandemic era in a very memorable time frame uh, that we've all been living in still during this time. Um, Dr. Trey, as we close up on episode number 600 here, uh, how will we remember the pandemic era? I still say, like I said, I talk about this in past tense, but we got to be honest with ourselves. We're still living in it. It's not as knee deep as it was, thankfully, back from like March, April, May, June, 2020, but we're still in it. How will we remember this period of time of professional wrestling in the pandemic era? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because part of me wants to focus on the positives but then part of me like i'm like jeff you know i'm old i'm not great depression old but it does at times kind of feel like those stories that you would hear from your grandparents and your great-grandparents about what life was like during the great depression it kind of feels like that to me at times so um i i hopefully wrestling you know people look back at, at wrestling as being that you know that um lighthouse in the fog you know where it was that you know come to us we're still here we're still normal that you know like i said that anchor point uh for everybody to swim back to uh to make them feel like there is a little bit of normal going on when everything else is chaotic so i'm hoping that what wwe and aw and impact and everybody else did for the world uh gets looked back favorably you know, 10, 15 years from now. And we're not looking at it back, you know, back as like the great depression, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I'm with you. I think wrestling definitely deserves a standing ovation for what they were able to pull off during this period of time. Very tough period of time in life for a lot of us and how it helped carry millions of people here in the United States and and countries abroad during a very dark time uh, in our lives. Hopefully the darkest time in our lives, because I never want to live through what we lived through ever again from that early part of the pandemic. Uh, and then lastly, Dr. Trey, what's next? Where do we go from here coming out of or still into this pandemic era of professional wrestling? Well, I, I hope that wrestling comes out of everything here with like the newfound confidence that not only can we adapt and survive in any climate, um, but you take those things that were really good during the pandemic. We talk about the different camera angles, the promo work, the you know, in-ring storytelling work and apply that to what you're doing going forward. I mean, you know, the pandemic time was a time for a lot of guys experimenting, trying different things, trying different characters, trying different moves, all that stuff. And now taking it and going, okay, now if I put this in front of a live audience, how are they going to react? And, and basing your matches off how the crowd responds and not what you spent four hours planning out before the show. Like, focus on your audience. I mean, they're the ones that are going to tell you things are going great or things are going bad. Um, and I hope they carry that forward, you know, throughout the years. Uh, that will do it folks for the sixth hundredth episode of SRTU. Anything that we've discussed here, I'm sure you've got your own stories as well. Feel free to chime in at SRTU podcast on Twitter or hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash sister realtor show. We'd love to hear from you and how, uh, the pandemic era of professional wrestling means to you, what wrestling meant to you during this time. Uh, as well, and even what this podcast meant to you during this time, because it obviously meant a lot to both Dr. Trey and I to get through the pandemic ourselves and also uh, make sure that we helped you guys get through it as well, because it was uh, a tough period of time for all of us, uh, one that we're still living in and hopefully are closer towards the end than we are the middle or the beginning of this all. Uh, with that said, let's get a couple of plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com. WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Realtor Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us out to climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself, at SRTU Jeff, and for Dr. Trey Franklin, at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter, at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you search out Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, you check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. We just had a big show this past Saturday. Uh, good to be back out there, part of the show. I got to take a month off for some family stuff, but 
Ah, just so nice being back in front of a crowd again. Uh, and then also just go out and support your own local wrestling shows. I mean, we, we talk about time. Like, you watch AEW Dark, Elevation, you know, 205 Live. You're seeing a lot of independent guys filling some roles in there. So get out there, support your local wrestling, grow the community. You, you show it, you saw what wrestling did for us. Like, let's give some wrestling some love back in person and pay your money and buy t shirts. There you go. Support all the great support. Support all the great things that support the Surreal Zone Show, and spread the word about SRTU each and every week. Uh, we'll be back next week. We will preview and predict WWE SummerSlam and NXT Takeover Thirty Six. Get you ready for SummerSlam weekend, of course. Everything else going on in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, with that said, six hundred episodes of the Surreal Zone Show is in the books. Eleven and a half years, six hundred straight weeks. We've never missed a podcast, never missed a week, and uh, it's all because of you guys that support this very podcast each and every week. So it's uh, with resound thanks that uh, we sincerely thank all of you for supporting us during this time as uh, we approach such a milestone as 600 straight weeks of the Still Real Toast show. So until next week, for episode number 601, the pandemic era of professional wrestling we cover here today, it uh, was one we will never forget. So until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Pack. For the 600th time, this is The Still Ruthless Show. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun just getting started. To the max. This is gonna be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.